George slays and Peaches crawls out of his grave and strangles me. I, yeah, I remember we yeah we watched it re, like I don't know within the past year. Asher had only seen it like since she was a kid, and she hadn't like revisited it or like since she was a teenager, and she hasn't revisited it as an adult. And we watched it, and she's like, just the whole movie. She's like, oh my god, like how did they let him get away with this? <laughs> it's the it's the definition. Uh, I started recording by the way, so welcome everybody here as villains on rock and roll. We're talking about Starship Troopers because it's uh. You still common, s- common theme. What? You still sound sound wonky. I don't know if it's me uh, or not. You, no, it's probably not. Do I sound do I sound weird? It's probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Like what 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 about me sounds strange? It you sound like, like you're an avatar the way of water. Pixelated and yeah. Right, hold on one second. Yeah, you sound like a robot. Tell me, I, this is this is going to solve the problem. Just let me verify <laughs> it. Hold on one second. Uh, it, by the way, the the people are not hearing this, only you're hearing this. So now it should be fixed, right? Yeah, That's better. yeah, much better. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're good. It was so. So the people are the people have been protected. Um, the, <laughs> the people. Uh, Discord changed the input that it was using, and it was it, yeah. Anyway, technical stuff. We're good. Everything's yeah. fine. Um. So just a just put, just put some of those like '60s intermission music over top of that little. <laughs> yeah. Um. Please stand by. <laughs> just to catch everybody up. Um. Because I think this is good stuff. Uh, I found out yesterday, and I'm sure this has been out for a while, but I happened to find the uh, announcement trailer on YouTube. They are making a Starship Troopers video game uh, that's hitting Steam uh, sometime in the next whenever. Um, and it looks really, really goddamn good. Uh, and it seems to be following the movies uh, pretty, pretty, pretty closely. Um. So yeah, that's 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 what we're talking about right now. <sighs> what a great movie! So good. It's afraid. Yeah, it's afraid. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the very next YouTube video that came up after watching that was all of the death scenes from Starship Troopers, and it's just again, it's one of those things like you you watch it and. Okay, it, you know it's it's a, it's a '90s action movie. Like this is before CGI was like what it is now, so there really isn't. It's mostly all practical, but there are some of those deaths in there that actually are just kind of like like if you're watching them out of context, you're almost like ooh ooh yeah <laughs> no no I can't watch that without seeing the whole thing. Like when he gets his brain sucked out. Oh god, that was uneasy for me to watch. <laughs> it's rough, but but it's funny you say that, Jeff, because I always that movie always stands out to me is just like some CGI that's for my money still holds up from the nineties. You know, it's like the Jurassic yeah. Park thing where they they threw a shit ton of money at it and it holds the fuck. All of the arachnids, like all of the CGI, there is great. I think one of the things that impresses me about it as well, aside from just like the comparison to Jurassic Park is a really, really good and fair one. Mm. Um, but I just love that they also mixed in so many practical effects. Oh yeah. Which helps to sell the CGI. That's 100%. how you do it. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, like That's all, how you do it. Like almost all of the space scenes, like almost every time you see a, star, a starship, it's a a, a, a model. Um, mm-hmm. And it just it and looks it, so much better. It's um, It's some of the best practical spaceship space effects, I think period like it's it's up there it's just it looks great um still to this day too bad dumb people didn't understand it back in the day and it didn't do well Well, and dumb people uh to this day uh love it but for wrong reasons like yeah i was i was on youtube the other day or not the other day but a while back and i was watching the clendathu drop sequence because i just think like as like a a piece of like action like set piece it is so incredibly directed between like the music and the drop ships coming down and like firing off the flares like in like unison is like people are like running towards the arachnids and stuff and it's like and then it like it's so incredible and it's just like full-blown propaganda film like fascism on display and like they get and 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 the scene still had like the part where they like get absolutely like murdered like destroyed and like people are in the comments like like literally talking about how like well the military strategy of this wouldn't make sense because blah 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 and it's like the whole point that's the point the yeah. point of them is to get absolutely obliterated, A, because it's, it's you know, the classic, we're going to invade the, the quote-unquote, you know, primitive group and lay waste to them because we're superior in every way and we get our asses handed to us. And B, the subtext of that whole thing is... Like the one captain even says it where she's like, this isn't random. Like, like the alien attacks that are like shooting down these like ships, like this isn't random, like something is wrong. And the subtext is that they knew going into this, the people in power knew going into this, that they were going to get destroyed because that's how you then whip up fervor and, and anger in order to, you know, yeah take them out mm-hmm. like they, like, they were like sacrificial <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean 911 <laughs> no, no, i was just gonna, i was going to say it's not just pearl harbor like there's there's so many parallels that we can draw to to real life events like it's i don't know it, it it's really yeah. funny that like and again like you said it's 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 so well directed even though i don't i don't know that hardly any of the actors knew what his ultimate vision was. Oh yeah. No. Um, <laughs> but it's it, it just the <laughs> the dude <laughs> the one I he I I, I don't want to just specifically refer to him as as his you know his nationality, but the Mexican dude who's just right just runs You want some? You want some? Right. Come get yeah. some. You can have some. Yeah. Just I, yeah, dude. I, it's all. Yeah, and like Paul Verhoeven even went on this like record as saying like they were like, why do you want to hire these like bad like models to act in your movie? And he's like, that's the point. They need to be beautiful people like in a propaganda movie. It has to be like nine hundred two one zero in space. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's it, that's that's such an like how you know Red Letter Media posed the question like how do you hire these people? Knowing full well that the reason you're hiring them is because they're empty-headed, like pretty faces. <laughs> <Right. laughs> 
Oh, and that like yeah, like like I like yeah, we were watching that movie and in the end at the very end when it is like um you know, the the fascist propaganda film like picks up again and it's like join the fight and it's Johnny Rico is now like Michael Ironside's character and he's basically yeah. like saying the same things that like Michael Ironside <laughs> yeah. was saying to like another group of teenagers. Asher was like, "Oh my god, this is like depressingly yeah. like bullish." She was like, <laughs> yeah. "Holy shit." Yeah. And then like when that first like when when it's about to roll to the credits and it's just that wide shot of the spaceship and that like fascist font comes up and it says like they'll keep fighting and they'll win and it cuts to credits. Asher was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it's not so nuanced, like it's. But it, oh, it's great! It I love it. I love like because here's the thing we were talking about, like during that Glendathu drop sequence, where like the plane shaking and they're in their like like you know like they're like body holsters and that music is pumping. I was like, the great thing about this is it's like he's making this like a propaganda movie he's making it like a storming the beaches of normandy movie thing and it's like satirical but at the same time he's specifically designed it to evoke like emotion out of you with like that music swelling and you're like yeah and you're like kind of yeah, fist you're pumping. like on it and with it's them. like yeah. he's intentionally challenging you it's brilliant it's yeah, to, yeah, brilliant. to side with this movie <laughs> like, and not just that great. like with the way that 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 the, the prep what i would call the preparation like the drop sequence yeah the way that it's shown like you're ready to get off the boat with them oh yeah and then yeah. within 30 seconds of them getting off of the boat everybody dies <laughs> everybody dies it's incredible like 12 people survive like, <laughs> like that's it that part where Rico and and Diz start like dancing at the party, and Jake Busey comes in and starts playing like the Civil War song on his space <laughs> violin. Asher was floored. She was like, "This is the best fucking thing in the world. Like, <laughs> this is incredible. I can't believe the nuts on Paul Verhoeven. Like, <laughs> just yeah, like something out of a fucking Ken Burns movie." <laughs> uh, did you know they were trying to uh, uh, develop a, a TV series with Sony? That makes vaguely. Sense. It, it was uh, apparently it, it had started before COVID, and then COVID kind of shut it down. But uh, oh, that recent, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, I thought as you were recent as twenty twenty one. I thought you meant like Stargate SG one era, like no. you know, trying well, to develop it, space properties and stuff. That also, yes, that it also happened back then. But as recently as twenty twenty one, Casper Van Dien said that they were trying to get something off the ground, and we're talking pre COVID, but the pandemic basically put everything on hold. Good old Casper. Mm-hmm. Johnny Rico. Casper Manchester's. <laughs> Flip six three hole. I was just gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so good. Uh, um what a great movie. There's a steel book of it coming out, and I don't know, or it is out already. Ooh. Um, and it's incredible uh for it. It's let me see if it's still for sale. They might oh, have taken I'm, it off. I'm gonna check that shit out. I was gonna say you, got, you gotta jump I don't buy on physical media, books, but I would probably buy that one. You gotta jump, a, jump on that shit. There's a 4K steelbook. There's two versions. There's like one that's an anniversary steelbook where it's a bunch of skulls with like that's you know, like military cool. uniforms. <laughs> oh! but, the other, 
the other one that I don't know if you can get anymore because it's going for Here. $89 on, on Amazon is literally, it looks like a Nazi propaganda poster. <laughs> it Malinoc, looks like I posted a... the one. I saw. I'm on. I'm on Google now. Yeah, it looks like it literally looks like <laughs> a fucking the, like SS battalion. Yeah, there's like the something. Fist, yeah. Like the fist is coming down and squashing the bugs, <laughs> and and the fucking like Nazi eagle emblem is like in the center. Of it. Uh, we need. Where where are you now, Paul Verhoeven? We need you back. We need he you did this great movie it was it was recent and it was i, I want to say i don't think it was an awards contender but it's this great reason why you hire odd where, where sometimes you make an odd director choice and it pays off in spades it's this movie that came out it was an independent movie like last year or the year before i believe it was last year and it got a little bit of buzz and I think it's on Hulu. I think we watched it on Hulu. And it's called Benedetta. And it's based on a book that might be based on a real-life thing where it, it took place during the bubonic plague. And it was this convent of nuns in Italy. And this one woman uh, who who's an orphan joins this convent and and uh, has, like, religious visions and, and um, you know, like, kind of like, like, you know, your boilerplate, like, crazy person thinking that they have that they're having religious visions and simultaneously she starts to develop like a lesbian relationship with another nun and in the hands of like kind of like a more boring director it would have been kind of a straightforward like oscar style kind of like oh my God. historical drama but paul verhoven makes it so trashy and like so kinky and weird it's like so it is like so not a paul verhoven movie but at the same time like in terms of like the subject matter but when you watch it you're like oh yeah this is definitely a paul paul verhoven <laughs> is definitely behind the camera where he's like masturbate her with your jesus statue i was like, like, I'm watching this trailer and she's like <laughs> caressing christ on the cross as he's dying what it's crazy wow. it is such a crazy movie it is it is really good performances and stuff and and it is just it is like it feels like a 70s like it feels like almost like one of those like trashy 70s movies where it's like this is riding the line between like a movie and pornography <laughs> but it's like uh, really well done and it got pretty good reviews <laughs> but it's just like so such a strange choice for him to like take this like story this kind of historical drama and like put it through the lens of Paul Verhoeven where it's just like like salacious and weird and it's not necessarily anti-religion but it's more about this like person like losing their mind but it's done in a very comic-y comic booky kind of kind of way it's it's a fascinating movie and i was like man he's like still he's still doing stuff good for him. god damn it <laughs> why have i never heard of this this looks awesome it's wild well, I know what I'm watching. Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, it's long. It's a it's a long one, but it's 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 very interesting. So, um, I don't know. You, you guys probably aren't on Twitter anymore, right? Uh, I get on every once in a while, but it, it's it's like a it's like it's like an old mall that's like. Dying. Like closing stores. Like I get the yeah. weirdest recommendations. The algorithm is completely fucked up for me since I'm not on it as much anymore. 
I maybe get on it like once a day, which still sounds like a lot. But there was a period in my life where I was like firmly addicted to Twitter, and I was I would just open it and just scroll and not even like absorb any information. When your when your job forces you to be on it ten hours a day, you don't yeah. really want to be on it when you're not working. Yeah, I feel you. Um, well, I so I'm 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 weaning myself off and maybe going to some other platform that's you know not full of Nazis. But I um, <laughs> good luck. I yeah. Um, I I did ha- I I jumped on right before just so I could see if there was any trending news and there's there's a little bit first and foremost. Um, I I just want to say it's the uh let me let me find the actual number again because of course I scrolled beyond it is the 24th anniversary of Star Wars Rogue Squadron which oh, shit. in my opinion is probably the top 5 Star Wars games if it's not 4 it is 5 ever made um Damn. Where you just basically get to fluck and fly around. And the only one that I would consider better, aside from, like, KOTOR, um, is Rogue Squadron 2, which was even better. So 24 years ago, it came out. Man. Um, but it was an interesting little caveat, because tied to that is, I guess they mm. are still making the Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah. Patty Jenkins's movie. Yeah. I don't know. Did you hear about the original story of it? And whether or not they're gonna do the original story, I, so I'm, I'm I was scrolling through um, as we, you know, as we were just talking, and I saw some some tidbits. It originally included Paul Dameron, and they wanted Chris Pine to play the like lead character. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize any like casting stuff, but but I read what her basic idea. Idea was which it's kind of fascinating and it, it like it it wouldn't have worked if she made it a while ago but i think with andor it might it, it might work a little better it might be a little more palatable to people but it was basically about like one of the main missions of the rogue squadron is to basically go and wipe out all the other rebel groups <laughs> like oh like like to like clean up like Sagarera's like terrorist organization and stuff, which is dark as shit. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, I, I dig it though. Like I, yeah, I kind of like the reality concept. of a rebellion. Yeah, yeah. I, like conform or like you you either join the cause or you're of no use. That's wow. That's an interesting concept that I really enjoy. So yeah, it, so. Just out of curiosity, did you did you want to mention this, Jeff, because you're interested in it, or because like every article I'm seeing says that it's probably canceled? Well, they they so th- that was originally what apparently the situation is, but uh, the, just recently because Wonder Woman three was canceled, Patty Jenkins's uh... next film is Rogue Squadron, and she released a like a statement on her Twitter. Um, basically saying um, that, so I'm just going to read this. I originally left Rogue Squadron after a long and productive development process when it became clear it couldn't happen soon enough and I did not want to delay Wonder Woman 3 any further. When I did, Lucasfilm asked me to consider coming back to Rogue Squadron after Wonder Woman, which I was honored to do, so I agreed. They made a new deal. In fact, I am still on it and that project has been in active development ever since. This was 52 minutes ago, by the way. This was posted. Um, Yeah, I saw it. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it will happen or not. We never we never do until the development process is complete, but I look forward to its potential ahead. So that sounds like they're pushing it forward. And if it yeah. is that gritty sort of like non-Jedi oriented, which is, by the way, I believe one of the pathways forward for Star Wars after seeing Andor and how great that story was and never seeing a lightsaber. Um, like, I think that's one of the ways that Star Wars can make a difference is producing content that doesn't necessarily revolve around a Jedi. Um, yeah. If if that I, is the story, I think that would be fucking cool as shit. To, I, like, I, put these yeah. people, Moth, Mon Mothma, in a position where she has to order the destruction of groups that got her there. Yeah, and seeing her deal with, you know, the fallout of that. Yeah. yeah that's, it's... Yeah. It's um, it's one of it's one of my favorite touches in Andor, and I know I brought it up before, but it's just that that idea where like like Andor is talking to, uh, oh, what's his face, Sarsgard, yeah, Sarsgard, yeah, 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 yeah. the character. guy who wears a wig in Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> Doctor Thor, whatever, yeah. <laughs> it forgives me. It's so hard for me to like remember Star Wars names sometimes. New ones. I'm like, New ones are I'm like, totally not memorable at all. I'm like, you know when Mon Mothma is talking to Oam Karai? Like, <laughs> but when, but when, like, yeah, he's talking about, um, he's, he's talking about, uh, you know, like, talking to Andor about, like, I'm part of a cause, blah, 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 and Andor's like, well, what group? Are you part of the Separatists? Are you part of the this movement? Are you part of that movement? Yeah, right. Are yeah, you right. part of the Rebel Alliance? Like, yeah. of course it would be, like, a shitload of different, you know, people. Like... Uh, Resistant groups. Yeah, it wouldn't just be one one group that all got together and was like, let's not do this. Like, and and there would be probably, there would be groups that were basically terrorists, you know, and... and that's always been fascinating to me or that's been that was like a fascinating thing about the show to me too also just mon mothma's character in that show i was talking about it to to my girlfriend because she she hasn't watched it yet and like i was just like we were watching a really terrible movie the other night where the actor that played mon mothma showed up in it and like we were like i was like talking about how incredible like mon mothma like is in terms of like what they did with her character because in jedi you're like who is this lady? Yeah, you've like, never why seen is she her wearing before? like all yeah. these white robes and she's talking all proper. Like, why is she with like a bunch of squid people and like little like laughing puppets? And then and it's again, like Andor it's, posits. It was, you know, the, the, the dialogue she has in Jedi is also terrible. Like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's lofty it's, and blah yeah, and whatever. Like, yeah. Boy, well, that's that's the thing I love about Andor is like it's just kind of like standard like I'm the like I'm a leader of this resistance thing, and then like Andor like totally like drives down into it and it's like no she's the money, yeah, like she feels guilty because when the Empire took over she was just one of those senators that was like, you know, and you can make you know modern day you <laughs> you can make modern day kind of like. Uh, connections to to certain people in Congress and the Senate when someone took over and everyone was just like he's the best we love him <laughs> yeah like yeah. and she was making a profit off of this and she felt guilty and she's like well like I can't really do anything but like I have a shitload of money like I'll be the money person yeah and it's just like such a cool I don't know to see to see that type of thing 
you know, in 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 a Star Wars <laughs> where they're like, like who who is this person? And it's not even like she has like an insanely dark backstory or anything. It's just like she's rich. She comes from a rich family. She kind of didn't do anything when the Empire took over because she was making money, and now she's got that guilt. Mm-hmm. And you know she doesn't know how to fight. She's not a pilot. She's not any of these things. But she has a shitload of money that she's gonna funnel into these like extremist groups. It's like <laughs> so good. It's so good. And I, I, they, they make her fairly cunning and and intelligent and try to give her some heft. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which goes a long way. Like, like I said, the, the way she talks in Jedi. Many bothers die bring us this information like it's well, like and that's yeah. it's fine but and th- yeah it's not much and, of a character there but that's what's so great is that like tony gilroy is able to like see that and be like why is this rich lady in really expensive clothes talking it, like you're like theater professor like why is that like why and everybody else is in rags yeah, yeah 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 like why like why and instead of just like making instead of doing some dumb offhanded like lampshade hanging joke about how Mon Mothma's too proper or Mon Mothma's this or that the, instead of just taking that easy like wink wink nudge nudge like moment like in in the show like they're like we're just gonna build her entire character around that yeah like it's great it's and I think I think the lore of of just building out that character too is gonna pay off even more when you consider going back and re rewatching some of like again like watching episode six and seeing her again but mm-hmm. moreover even the later episodes so she, she, we know now that she's the senator from Chandrilla, which is where the capital ends up that's the one that's what star killer base blows up so it's easy enough to assume uh, that she was on the planet at the time but um yeah it, i yeah yes Everything you said is great. <laughs> and I love that they continually use uh what's I don't know her name. Uh is it Genevieve Genevieve something? Hold on. O'Reilly. Genevieve O'Reilly. After being in what I think it was like a five second clip in Revenge of the Sith. And then they brought her back for Rogue in Rogue One and then now again in Andor. She's great. They didn't give her enough fucking shit to do apparently she also voiced mothma in rebels that makes and clone wars so am i she becomes the chancellor of the new republic um yeah i no i i agree less less see here's the thing about and and i I don't want to harp on somewhere foreman is just vomiting (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yes, he knows. Uh, uh, we, we didn't address it, but Foreman's not here tonight. We don't know why. So, yeah, he's just <laughs> incommunicado. In uh, he no, but Jedi, in my, for my money, work best as a background element, like something to pull out every now and then for effect, and not really build your entire story around, like space monks and you know just as <laughs> jedi as they are right yeah. jedi as they are in the prequels are boring Jed like by comparison i've been playing through kotor 2 on switch and fucking loving the shit out of it coat oh, what those guys got about jedi is that listen even in, in every religion not everybody is the fucking you know stoic monk boring asshole like there are different <laughs> degrees of 
of you know how strictly you follow or how loosely you follow. Like so, Jedi are allowed to have. They should be allowed to have personality. In those games, they get it right. And in the fucking prequels, everybody's just the fucking. I, I don't even know what like the Dalai Lama has oodles of personality. I don't know of religious figure that doesn't have <laughs> like. Yeah, you know that's really interesting that you bring that up. Where it's just kind of like the shorthand where they're like they're like well they're like monks so they have to be like they have to have like no personality or emotion and i know the larger the larger idea behind the jedi blah 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 but it's like that's kind of the 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 you know building point for the jedi is like well they're like these monk type characters they're also like sort of like monk police or whatever but like yeah (laughs) it's like german monks invented beer and pretzels like yeah it's just lama's always smiling about something it's just way easier to make a monks and then I don't have to think about human emotions. <laughs> um, no, but like, but I, I just, I, I love the new direct. I like, if this is emblematic of where they want to go, and judging by the fan reaction, I think it would be a safe, smart bet. Like, I don't want, I don't want like token, stereotypical, sloppy writing. I want like legitimate, concentrated writing with well-told stories, like what we got throughout Andor. I'm excited for season two. I just Jedi's to me work better as a background element, like just something like oh fuck that guy's got a lightsaber, you know what I mean? Like just one of those things where it's just kind of like don't fuck with, you know what I mean? Right. In, instead of like let's have a hour and a half of of stoic dialogue about prophecies and well, and then and then a guy that looks like the devil jumps out of a goddamn <laughs> air vent or something well, like. You know, and two, when you have. When you have a story where all of your characters are like evenly matched, like on a power level, where they're like all superhuman, it kind of takes away some yes. of the, yeah, you know, like yeah. punch and yeah. and like there's not a lot of like suspense because you know both of them are going to be flipping around and fighting each other in perfect like synchronicity, like yeah. Whereas like yeah, like you said, like if it's like a normal character and they like see a Sith or a Jedi, it's like oh no. Well, yeah, I mean, not for nothing, but here. Look! Yeah. Look at look at the comparison just just in between the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So first and foremost, when you have the Empire Strikes Back, you have Luke and Vader, who I wouldn't necessarily call them evenly matched, but they're the only two people that we that we're aware of at the time in the galaxy that have these powers. That they're it. Yeah. That's it. That the, it's just yeah. those two. There's nobody else, and you only get that for 15 minutes of the movie. Everything else is really revolving around Luke's skills as a pilot, Han and Leia's leadership capabilities, and trying to figure out how to get out of an asteroid field. Um, When you go into Jedi, even that initial scene with Jabba is less interesting because Luke is so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Because you Um, just know he's going to get out of it. Like, you just know that he's going to get out of it because he can jump really high and he can, you know, force throw stuff and... You know, eventually he's going to get a lightsaber and cut somebody in half. Even Plus, that's even that's just tame compared to what comes after. But what, what, right, what yeah. were you going to what were you going to say to Carlos? Well, I was just going to say too, like even like even in terms of just like how to write, like like it's like okay, you have like a super powered like Sith or or whatever, and you have like a Jedi who, you know, is is sort of can hold their own against them and stuff. Okay, cool, but like. Now you have the opportunity to be like, okay, well, like, Darth Vader is way too powerful to, like, fight, like, Han Solo or Leia. So Darth Vader will fight Luke. All right, like, what do we have going on with, like, Leia and Han? What can we do there? Who could be their villains? Who could be their antagonists? What if, what if you know, Lando Calrissian is a traitor? What if Boba Fett shows up and stuff like Like, 
it just when you add more variety to your characters, it just I mean, this sounds like 101 stuff, but like when all the characters are not the same, it's way more exciting to yeah. watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, which is which is one of the reasons I think the they and I, I I'm I'm hoping for a good story. The original concept that people had thrown out was a lot more interesting than what I think we're going to get. But they have that acolyte movie or show or whatever it's going to be yeah. um, in production to now. Be determined. Yeah. <laughs> And it, and it it is the High Republic era, which is like a hundred years before the Phantom Menace. <clears throat> um, so again, it's at the height of the Jedi. Um, it's when the basically the the rule of two Sith would be in effect, and this is likely going to be the first time you'll see Sith prior to Palpatine. Like, I don't. I, I I haven't been interested in this period of Star Wars history since they announced that they were doing it. Um yeah. but but moreover, I'm less interested now because I can I, I am seeing what Star Wars is capable of. Yeah. When mm. a Jedi is rare. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Even again, I know that like, you know, Obi-Wan had its problems and I'm I'm actually I'm in the middle of rewatching it. Um and I, I still really, really enjoy it. Because you, you, they wrote it so that Obi-Wan goes out of his way not to use the Force. Mm. And that's interesting because now he's, a, he's relatable. Right. Yeah. I, right. I, I just, um, on a whim the other night, I decided to rewatch, or I said for the first time, I hadn't seen this one, but I decided to watch Yojimbo. And it reminded mm. me of, uh, like, the fact that Favreau pointedly and decidedly said look we got to go back to what the source material for star wars is if we want to make it good again i.e you know spaghetti westerns Mm i.e fucking samurai movies i you know all this really cool blend of east and west so to speak um and it just reminded me of how fucking great how fucking awesome it is when ahsoka shows up in the mandalorian and like that's that to me is how you handle making jedis interesting because otherwise they are superman fighting a fucking i don't know a cardboard dragon or something there's just there's no tension there's (laughs) no drama and again not for nothing like that same situation happens when luke shows up yeah yeah like you it right he he, there are as far as we know there are two people in the galaxy that have the abilities that these two have two uh, like, I, the, the the writing in it is the the first two seasons of The Mandalorian are just they're fantastic, and I can't believe I'm gonna say this out loud, but I truly believe that Andor is the future of Star Wars. <laughs> we didn't give two shits. I don't think most people gave two shits about that show before. I had no, over. I had no desire to watch it. Not, zero, none. I, it's the none. it's the it's the the show the the content that literally no one wanted or asked for. <laughs> <laughs> and it's single-handedly reshaping Star Wars. Like, um, weird, weird times we live in. Very strange. Very strange. Um, bad times at El Royale. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? Oh, I have I, I have other topics if, if you guys want to move on, um, or if Go you have something it. you would like to talk about, I, you tell me. I just I want to I want to talk about Bond for a little bit, but I know we'll get wrapped up in that. So we what will. were you gonna? What were you going to mention? Did you get a chance to see the Spider-Man trailer that dropped yesterday? Or maybe it was today. Spider-Man what? So it's the animated Spider-Man, the the oh, Spider-Verse. Spider-verse? 
yeah, Spider Verse, Spider Man, oh, Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's nothing spectacular. Like it's. It's just basically another, maybe a little bit longer teaser trailer, and that you, you don't really get any notion of what it's going to be about. Or, and I'm like I'm okay with that, but it does. You know, it shows you a little bit more, um, of him falling through space time and and weird stuff like that. But fun. Very very excited about that. Um. But that that led into something else that that I I saw while we were talking. Um, in that, apparently, so so Deadpool three has officially started shooting. So now you're starting to see like people on set and whatnot, and they're bringing Josh Brolin back as Cable. And there's a I don't I don't know if this is true or not, but there's a rumor out there that, uh, Ian Grunoff. And this is where I think it's false because Chris Evans is involved in this. Chris Evans and Jessica Alba are all returning uh, to Deadpool to play their Fantastic Four characters. I hope that's true. And it, I listen, hope that's fucking true. Th- the reason it's supposed to happen is Deadpool is literally just killing the Fox universe. <laughs> that's all he's doing is going through e- like all of the different that's Fox incredible. superhero movies and killing them. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. So, um, but yeah, it, it those two things kind of coincided because they're both sort of the multiverse thing. And uh, I happened to see, I, I saw the trailer earlier today for Spider-Man and uh, saw that Deadpool thing, like right after it. Cause I clicked on something in multiverse and saw the picture of those, the fantastic four. And I'm like, man, if you could, if you could pull it off and you can get like that, I could see Chris Evans specifically coming back for that. Just to, cause he, really would only be a voice right he could just be flame on the whole time yeah uh, you know like and that doesn't actually even have to be him he could literally just voice the character get killed and that's it and it would break the internet <laughs> like just <laughs> break the internet straight up yeah yeah no it would it it it, it would uh i'm just trying to god i haven't I saw the first one, thought it was terrible, watched the second. I even make it through all the way through Rise of the Silver Surfer. I honest to God shut that movie off. Um, God in heaven. I hope they do. I hope I hope Deadpool murders them very fucking violently. Um, or if they just found, like, <laughs> like people that look like shitty doubles for... <laughs> That would that would also be very very good. I would be okay yeah. with that also. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, um. But yeah, that was uh, that was something floating around on the on the internet. Whether or not it's true or not, you know what I mean. Like. Oh yeah. Who, who knows? <laughs> but that would be that would be the perfect and and most appropriate Deadpool thing to do. Oh for sure. <laughs> he gets into the MCU, so he's just going around and killing all of the Fox, just crossing the multiverse. And killing all of the Fox heroes. <clears throat> all right, so you guys are into James Bond. Yeah, you got yeah. Surely you've got to be wrapping up. Like we're coming into hell, twelve days of Christmas here. You've got to no. be wrapping up at this point, right? Nah, I still got a long way to go. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, me too. I I'm didn't... moseying through. Yeah, yeah. Usually I I slam through, but like we've been really busy on the weekends and stuff, and like waking up early, and usually like. I I will wake up like fairly early on the weekends for whatever reason, and like Asher will like sort of like you know like sleep in because she works like crazy hours a lot, and like 
So like usually I'll like get one in like every like weekend morning, but we've been like busy and have had plans and stuff, so I haven't really had the opportunity to to like blow through them. Even though she likes to watch them, um, she likes Bond movies. It's just I don't know. It's it's just like a a little like private thing I like to do. Like I like to sit by myself and watch my James Bonds <laughs> with my coffee, like I'm a fucking eighty year old man. <laughs> there is not a goddamn thing wrong with that. Zero. Um, Zero things. I I have been... So I, I started off going through the Connery era, and then I decided, you know what? I'm going to give this... I, I, I want to give the Daniel Craig movies a fair shot because I watched Casino Royale in the theater. I think it was with you guys. Maybe not. I don't remember. But I remember seeing it in the theater, and I wasn't super sold on the idea this take his take of fucking bond being this like stone face basically terminator i mean the man runs through a wall at some point literally runs through early, a wall early in the yeah, movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i th- so that kind of turned me off for a while and then i watched quantum of solace and i'm like well i'm just done because that movie's not good at all um but i kind of i wanted to go through and objectively rewatch the craig era so i skipped from connery all the way up to craig and i realized that i I wasn't picking up on just how subtle Craig handles the the humor side because it's still there. I didn't think it was there at all, like for the most part. But it it's like, it's a the the way I think of it is proportionately. If Connery is subtle compared to Roger Moore, Daniel Craig is subtle compared to Connery. Like that's how he handles the the humor side of you know cracking wise every now and then. And it's like it's still there. It's still good. I just. I, I don't know why it just didn't resonate with me the first time through. And I, uh, three of the best Bond movies ever made, period. Like, uh, Spectre and Quantum Solace are not good. They're, they're they're just bad movies. And I, from what I understand, a lot of the people involved with Quantum Solace, like, they'll tell you. Like, um, I was watching some behind-the-scenes features. They started shooting that movie without even having a script. You oh, know? oh, that makes sense. Was <laughs> I, right? What's that? Was that during the writer's strike or no? Yes. Yes. And that's part, that's part of the problem. The script yeah. only got up to a certain point and they, they knew it was flawed. They knew it still needed like another two or three, like another draft or two to get tightened up. But the writer's strike happened. So they're like, well, we got to go with what we got. So, um, so that, I mean, that explained a lot about that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Well, that's not entirely their fault then. Um, but, but fucking Casino Royale is just, perfect i mean it's it's almost a perfect fucking movie i god in heaven it's one of, it's one it's it might be my favorite bond movie maybe aside from goldeneye it, it might I mean, be it might be my favorite it's <clears throat> it's up there for me yeah uh i, I really like goldeneye and then goldfinger is a is is top three but it's definitely a solid third um, did you ever? Did you see the the guy they originally cast to play Goldfinger before the guy that ended up in the movie? Yeah. Please tell me I said Goldfinger and not Goldmember. No, I almost no, said Goldmember too. Don't feel bad. Okay, yeah, you okay. said Goldfinger. <laughs> okay, because then I, I like immediately in my head I'm like, did I fucking did I Austin Power this? Is that what happened? Like <clears throat> Gold, the the guy that they cast before him, to me was far more threatening and intimidating. Um, I still love Goldfinger. I love the Connery era, with the exception of Diamonds Are Forever. But that the guy that plays Goldfinger has always driven me nuts because he's kind of a bumbling, like cartoony <laughs> kind of guy. But regardless, um, 
long story short, I I have come around on Daniel Craig. Twenty years later, after his run has officially ended, <laughs> I finally come around on him. Um, and... yeah, it's interesting. Like, oh, go ahead. Oh no no no, that's it. That's out. Yeah. It's it's just what we were talking. Like I, I think it was just you and I maybe talking about it. I don't I don't know if it was in a group text or whatever, but um, we were just you know talking about how like you know like for me like Craig is you know maybe my second favorite Bond possibly, yeah. and it's like when you look at his movies, I only really like two two and a half of them. <laughs> like, yeah. So but, so what's the half? No time to die. No time to die. I I okay. feel like I feel like I need more time with that movie. I feel like I you know I need all the time in the world, but um, <laughs> but I feel like I I feel like revisiting that movie soon. I'll have like a larger appreciation for it. Um, there but there are just things that just don't work for me in that movie. Yeah, like, and and it's hard because it's hard to even pinpoint what those are, but um. There, there are just some, there are just some things in it where I'm like, all right, and I just like hate, I hate, like nano, shit, like I don't <laughs> like nano blood or nano this or nano bots or any of nanos. Get the nanos out of here. A smart blood. That's why they should go back to making. I'm telling you, make a period, James Bond. Fuck you. Go back. To the 60s. Yeah. Well, and that's what we were talking about because we were talking about. Because we and I'm sure we're going to talk about Majesties for a moment, but um, <laughs> we were we were we were watching Majesties over the weekend, and we were talking about like you know like the action sequence in that movie, like the action sequences in that movie, especially in the beginning, are like breakneck in terms of fighting to the point where they like intentionally undercrank the camera to make it look like it's going faster, and like from the very beginning, Asher was like, "Man, this movie's making like." really interesting choices like yeah. like at the beginning of majesties where you don't see his face right away and he lights the cigarette and like <clears throat> the lighting like glows on the bottom of his face she's like this movie's making really interesting decisions and i'm like well because this is 1969 <laughs> things are getting psychedelic things are getting different in terms of filmmaking and i was like one of the things i love about the broccolis you know them having and you know control over this property since the beginning, like their mission statement was always, how do we make Bond fit into the modern day? We don't want it to get stale. We don't want it to get stagnant. And not even in terms of just storylines or whatever, but okay, what movies are popular now? Let's try to, let's try to make our movie look like that. What vacation lo uh, destinations are popular now? We'll have Bond goes, go to those. It's always about modernity with those Bond movies. It is always yeah. about, what is the cool car that came out this year? Who's the cool fashion? You know, who's making the good fashion this year? Like, we are always constantly looking ahead. So it is this thing where it's like, I would love to see a period piece, but like, that's never <laughs> been like, like it's, the Broccoli's MO has always been it. like, what is cool now? Yeah. Let's yeah. try to do that. Yeah. And, and we know. were talking about it and I'm like, I don't know what that is. I like, I don't like my only thinking would be, Amazon Amazon series but like other than like that like James Bond adjacent like reality show they're planning on doing like I feel like that would be the only like one of the only things they could do like what's hot right now like series streaming series like let's do a streaming series or whatever 
which which would just be great. Like, can you imagine like every season having a new James Bond? No, uh, we, it we would talk, be fucking. We talked amazing. about that, didn't we? We did. Yeah, I think we brought this up yep. before. Yeah, that'd be so fucking good. Yeah. If there is one upside to them kind of keeping with the times in that regard, at least it's somewhat comforting, at least to me, to know that the Russians will again be the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without question. Soviet, Soviet Russia. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh uh no, and I, I, I think that's I think that's a perfect marriage of um, you know, what we've all kind of talked about where like, you know, we, we all love the, the the fact that bond kind of continues into modernity right like they want to stay new they want to stay fresh they want to stay up on like the the latest trends as far as you know warfare political climate etc but if we did this if you did it as an amazon show season three could take place in 65 you know what i mean like 1965 yeah. to 1969 easily right. you know uh and go from there and then just that way you can have your cake and eat it too Long story short, Barbara Broccoli, we're talking at you. Fucking make this, make an Amazon show happen. I've realized that Jeff Bezos is the most evil man on the planet, but the the man knows story structure. No, I'm just, um, well, I mean, they but, they also own the rights to James Bond now, so they Amazon will do whatever the fuck they want. Well, yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> God damn it. Well, I I just I I know they're evil, but I would love to see. I, I want to see that happen. Let's let's. Uh, it would be insanely expensive, but fuck you. They have the money. Just do it. If you can throw a billion dollars at a single season of Lord of the Rings, you can throw a couple hundred million at a couple seasons of James Bond. You know, um, it, it would be weird want... saying this, but it could be the. <laughs> even though it would not be the American version, but it would be the American Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. like that sort of situation would be would be really neat yeah <clears throat> um i just i i just want to gush about honor majesty's secret service because i knew the plot points i have seen bits and pieces my entire life i never sat down and watched this start to finish nor have i After, by the way i still have not we should watch it i'll i'll watch it again it i'll watch it every day it is <laughs> i don't i don't understand i don't understand the ire and the hatred for George Lazenby. George Lazenby was not a fucking actor. He was a goddamn model with zero acting experience. He <laughs> yes. walks in front of that camera and he does a fucking passable James. I mean, it's his first outing. He's got all the world resting on his shoulders, you know, coming up, you know, with the series coming off of Con Connery telling them to go fuck themselves. Um, you know, and he, he does it. He carries it. He, he, I, I was like, this guy is blowing my fucking mind the whole time. I'm like, I don't get why people don't like him. But it regardless, is, yeah. like, he, he, he is fucking fantastic. Na very naturalistic. Like, I buy him relaxing. Like, not relaxing. Yes. But, like, he just kind of, like, I yes. inhabits and, and does uh -huh. it. You know? Like. 100%. He, he, like, well, I don't know what these people wanted. I would have actually liked the '70s Bond movies. Uh, that's not true. Those movies stink, regardless of who plays James <laughs> Bond in them. But um, but I I would have kept watching a lot more intently with George Lazenby. Um, but everything about that movie, from the fucking cinematography, some of the best Bond music ever. Like you know, I love listen, all the themes in that movie. Um, live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden <laughs> Gun, and A View to a Kill were all okay. <laughs> <laughs> how how recently have you watched those movies? It's been a Jeff? minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah I, 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 well, I, I will say I've seen A View to a Kill 
recently, within the last two years. Uh, I, it has been a long time since I've watched Live and Let Die. It's been a long time. I uh, would rather watch That was my dry. aunt's favorite movie, by the way. That was Aunt Kathy's favorite. Absolutely. No. Bar none, that was her favorite Bond movie. I, like, I, because I, I defended those, specifically, basically those three, I think. Yeah, yeah those three. Because Moonraker is fucking trash. Oh, it's garbage. It's and, it's hot garbage. I knew it was and hot garbage. And you go downhill from there. Like, that's yeah. the high water mark for the remainder of the 70s yeah. Bond movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh like because those are the ones i defended too and then i went back and rewatched them like these these are not good these are just as bad as the others they're just better at faking it um (laughs) like but but like oh my god i there was something like so uh, that car chase is is like legit (laughs) it's It's still legit good it's so (laughs) good like we were yeah we were watching it and it's like the part where like she's just like kind of like navigate like tracy's just kind of like navigating like the ice yeah and asher was like this is awesome because i tell you the moment it it makes me go like fuck yeah every time there's just something about it where when that chase starts off and he's in the phone booth and she's in the car on a lower level yeah and and he's like on a street up and she's and like he, on a street down. Oh, she catches and when, when he's running. When they shoot, when they start shooting at him, and that Majesty's score comes in, and it's that oh. wide tracking shot of her driving, and yeah. he's on the level above her, like running to like meet her car. Yeah. It is so cool. And and she's like, This is awesome. And I'm like, Well, because first of all, she was like, This like the first like ski shootout. She was yeah. like, This is unbelievable. And I'm like, this movie, pound for pound, has some of like the best action sequences in the entire it series. Does. It's unbelievable. And that, that car chase when it's when when she's just navigating the snowy roads and my and Asher was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" And then it goes into the demolition derby. Yeah, she's like, "This is insane!" And I'm yes. like, "Yeah, it's rules." <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm gonna. Oh, go, I, ahead, go ahead. I feel like I feel like one of you two edited this this Wikipedia article. So I, I just happened to pull up the, the article for On Her Majesty's Secret Service while you guys were talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the very last line of like that intro paragraph that they always do. Critical yeah. reviews upon release were mixed, but the film's reputation has greatly improved over time and, the, swear to God, is now regarded as one of the strongest entries in the series as well as one of the most faithful adaptations on a Fleming novel. Because it's fucking great. It's so great. We've been <laughs> lied to our entire life. And to be fair, yeah. my dad, God rest his soul, always said, he's like, you know, Lazenby took a lot of garbage from people, my dad, but he yep. really wasn't that bad. He really wasn't. My dad said the same thing. He was like, uh, I would have loved to see what he would have done, because I really liked that one that he was in. It is just, the the setting is awesome. I love a snowy bond. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. I love, and, and Lazenby, yeah, he's, he's, he's not bad as, uh, like, you know, he's not perfect as James Bond, obviously, but there's something about the way that character is written in that movie where it is you totally buy that this guy is like into the finer things in life and he's kind of like a jerk about it. Like, <laughs> you know, which, which, you know, goes back to the whole like book thing of like Fleming, like James Bond literally says out loud to someone, like, yeah, I love all the cool shit in the world and I love <laughs> buying expensive things because I'll be dead by the time I'm 40. Like, right. So right. I'm going to live it up because tomorrow I could get shot in the head from behind. Right. And you get that with him a lot in this movie because, like, the whole first act of Honor Majesty's Secret Service is like him, like, 
walking into a hotel room and getting attacked. And then like him like leaving a hotel and having a gun pointed at his back. And like right. that whole first act is him just constantly being like, What is this now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is this now? So I might as well like eat really good food and smoke my cigarettes and stuff and like Yeah, fuck it. You know, there is when in Rome, baby. Like it's <laughs> like, yeah, and the writing too. And I think it's the writing. I think it's Diana Riggs' performance. Oh, uh, she's specifically. amazing. And I yeah. think it's I think it's a lot of kind of how Lazenby plays Bond is. Whenever I watch a Bond movie, and uh, you know the Craig movies are kind of victims of this too in my eyes. Whenever I watch a Bond movie and Bond falls in love and is like, "I'm gonna give it all up," I'm always like, like "No, you're not. Really. I yeah. don't believe you. You don't believe you." But <laughs> for whatever reason, the the chemistry between him and Diana Rigg and the way that his character is written and the way that her character is written, where they're like, "We started dating for a while and then we kind of like moved on." And now we got back together and like, holy shit, there's something here. And he's like, like, yeah, like, let's get married. Like, I 100 percent when I buy it, when I watch that movie, like buy that, like more than other Bond movies that do that love subplot. Yeah, I yeah. get yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's like he would totally be ready to like give it all up for this woman because she's cool as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Like she like loves to live dangerously, but not in like a cliche kind of like. I'm an adventurer, blah, 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 kind of way. It's like she's the daughter of a criminal. Like she drives a fast car. Like she, she's kind of like into like, you know, like jet setting and fun and stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, like these two could work out. Yeah. And then like the end happens. And I swear to God, like Asher knows majesties and, you know, knows like the lore of it and stuff. But like, it was the first time that she watched it. And at the end of the movie, she started fucking crying. Like, (laughs) I've, I haven't seen her cry in a movie for years. And she started crying at the end of Majesties. Because she was like, that's just like a gut punch, man. And I'm like, yeah, because it's belie- like you kind of believe that these two characters would, would enter into that kind of like romantic agreement with each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I tell and- you what, one of my favorite Bond moments of all time in any James Bond, when that siege on Blofeld's on Blofeld's I was just gonna say I make I want to make sure we talk about it because I was I when, was literally sitting on the edge of my fucking couch. I was like, "This is so awesome!" When the Fuck shit starts hitting the fan and Bond slides down that ramp with his yeah. machine gun and he's sliding like stomach first on the ice and just wasting people oh. while he's like sliding down that incline and like the music is playing. Like again, Asher was like, "This is this is." bonkers this is great like (laughs) that sequence is just like it's insane like it is just like and then you're cutting between like and then like tracy's fighting the henchman and like she's trying to figure out how to like kick his ass and then it like cuts back like helicopters machine gunning people off of like railings it's like crazy it's crazy it's amazing and then you have that bit you know obviously the big bombastic bond theme playing over top of it it's just like this is one of the best climaxes of any bond movie ever oh and he's and he's ripping all those books off the bookshelf trying to find the secret panel because he knows there's a secret panel yes like that's so james bond where he goes into that room and he's like and like without saying a word he goes to that bookshelf that looks like pretty conspicuous and he starts ripping books and like picture frames out of the way because he knows there's something behind there he's done this shit for years he knows there's always a secret lever or a button and he finally finds it and like that like the bond like tremolo-y like cord comes in when he presses the button and the thing opens up it's just 
incredible. It's amazing. And like what the when 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 Tracy says, oh, when she's like trying to be coy and coquettish with him or whatever with Blofeld, and she's like, I want to see the Alpine room. I'm like, wait a minute. And then, and then they show where she, where he, where Blofeld takes her. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then the fucking helicopter's coming. Like he's just gonna <laughs> rip on the fucking ah, this is so fucking cool. Like, That's clever fucking character shit, man. Yeah, she's, the- she's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she's she's an awesome. She's she's one of those awesome examples of a character. And I don't have anything against this, but but I think a lot of men write female characters where it's like she's a capable badass character. A lot of guys just revert to like, well, she's just a guy that looks like a woman, basically. Oh, like right. she she yeah. knows how to use a machine gun. She can kick ass, blah blah blah. And like Diana Rigg, like she like gets in a scrap and stuff, but like she's not like judo chopping and like backflipping <laughs> no. and stuff. She's just like a woman who's smart and capable and like like knows the score and how to like manipulate certain things like to her advantage. And then she can be violent. Like she's not like graceful about it like she's violent <laughs> like no, yeah, you know no. like she fucking body throws that dude into nails on the wall like <laughs> yeah. fucking oh my god i i was like this this is a mate i yeah. i so okay long story short i fucking love that movie it's it quickly became one of my favorite bond movies ever but so here's a question because I, i'm i'm i was confused by this and i went online there like and and uh you know, people were like, "Well, clearly, it's not this. They can't be that because yeah. X, Y, and Z." Is it a a reboot, or is it not a reboot? Because my first thought was like, "How the fuck does Blofeld, Blofeld. not recognize Bond?" I was listening to a podcast about this, and basically, what in in terms of, from what I can understand, there's a few different things going on. One is that they just didn't care that that. <laughs> And and not not to say they were being flippant or lazy, but when they adapted the Majesty's screenplay chronologically, Majesty's is the first book where Blofeld and Bond meet. And it was supposed to come out after, uh, what what was it? Goldfinger or I which? Think which one? So. One of them says Bond will be back in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, yes. and, and the next one is not on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Right. So they had already worked on the script, and they were like, "Well, like we're not gonna like go into all this change and stuff." So there's that's the that's, one instance. Okay, so that makes all right. the other instance is that I believe in the original script, and they just didn't do it because they ran out of like time or money, or 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 they thought it would be too too much of an explanation as to why George Lazenby looked different. Was that that Bond? was going to have like plastic surgery or something or was going to undergo some kind of facial reconstruction to where he kind of didn't look like Sean Connery and Blofeld probably wouldn't recognize him. Okay. Um, and I don't think they did that either. I think I, I've always just been kind of like, I'll, I'll ignore that. Yeah. New bond. Who cares? Like, it's, like, that's fine. That's fine. I, I just like, and I, which, I figured again, you know, yeah. Like, you know they you know they like literally come face to face and you only live twice but like um i i like i think it is a level of like oh you know like they don't really care like you know the writers and the creators this was before like continuity was super important and stuff like that and you know i'm sure a lot of book fans would have been like wait a minute you know like this doesn't make sense but i think like your average moviegoer going to see a bond it wouldn't even register um 
I also think it's kind of fun to kind of put your own spin on it and think about how like Bond thinks like using his disguise and this fake voice and everything is like is gonna trick Blofeld. And from the moment Bond walks into that thing, Blofeld's like James Bond. Like yeah, like yeah. I'm just gonna fuck with this guy until I'm that, ready to take him out. Like that, that was that was something that um I. <laughs> That, if I if I if, if I have a detract like one thing about the movie that drove me nuts was the the you know the whole second act him being ADR'd by some stuffy British librarian or something yeah <laughs> like yeah that's, that's that like one of the only things that bugged me but uh, I I get why they did it's fine whatever it doesn't matter but like also uh, fun fact the woman that played Ruby in that movie died horribly don't look up how she died. <laughs> It's horrifying. Oh, do it. Come on. <sighs> Angela Scholar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Share with the class, Jeff. It's it'll it'll make you uh, have a holly jolly Christmas. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real fucked up. Oh my god. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a thing that happened. <clears throat> God rest her soul. That that is it is truly harrowing. Yeah, call somebody if you need help. Jesus. Um, that you know what I just found out. I didn't know that Desmond Llewellyn died in a car accident. He did. Right. Right. Oh, um. Yeah. Yeah. It was right after. Uh, the world, world is not enough? enough. I think so. I think. Yeah, because he's not in Die Another Day, right? It's John Cleese. John Cleese. Yeah. He, right. Well, and the one before. Well, so okay. John Cleese shows up briefly in World Is Not Enough. As too? yes, he, he does. Yeah, while. as as whatever the next letter. R. <laughs> he, did he call him R? Is that what he called him? He 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 says Bond calls him R, where he's okay. like, so if you're Q, that must make you, you R. R. Yes, yes. And Cleese is like, like pissy about yeah. it and then and then just that fucking great what a great way for fucking q to exit the series he just gets on that platform and he's like the lesson i always tried to teach you always have an escape plan and he just presses that button and just the platform lowers down i mean he wasn't he wasn't that wasn't like meant to be his last film was it I think it was. I think he was like, I'm out, I'm old, I'm going to retire. Like, I think that's why the car crash thing is so sad, because I think, like, it was, he had kind of planned that that was going to be his last one. Um, you know, maybe he would come back, but but um, I think the idea was that he was wanting to retire. And because and, I think when the movie came out, there was some. I mean, he was it, old. It's right here. It, it says it right on his Wikipedia page. Uh, he had stated not long before his death that he had no plans to retire and would continue playing Q as long as the producers want me, and the almighty <laughs> wow. doesn't. Wow. <laughs> I mean, right. the man was old in the 60s, so... like He was right. 85 when he died. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ah, damn. All right, well, listen, we, uh, we are at the hour and six-minute mark. Um, is there anything else you gentlemen would like to add? Before we uh, before we wrap it up, mm, no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, have a ha have a wonderful holiday season. Spend time with your loved ones while you can. 
And, I mean, we, uh, we're doing an episode next week, so they will have. Uh, <laughs> you don't know if I'll be here, Jeff. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, that would be that would be our official Christmas that would release on the twenty third, assuming we are able to record next week. So yeah, yeah. I'm not no promises because that's always like. Oh, believe yeah. me, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have kids. I can't even imagine. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff just yeah. opening a bottle of the strongest liquor. I got kids. Yes, yes, I do. That's a true story. It's great. It's wonderful. Have kids. Go, They're go, balls go. of joy. <laughs> All right, that wraps this one. Another one in the uh, in the books. Uh, yeah, if we're not here next week, you'll know that it's because we just didn't feel like doing it. And uh, yeah, we're we're, we're going to celebrate the holiday. So <laughs> if we're here, then fantastic. If we're not, then have a wonderful holiday, and uh, we'll see you whenever we make our glorious return. Yeah. All right. Bye. George slays and beaches, crawls out of his grave, and strangles me. <laughs> <laughs>